This is Coda Radio, episode 339 for January 3rd, 2019. And welcome in to Coto Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show that takes a pragmatic look at the art and the business of software development. I'm supposed to be that guy from Diablo, but no, it is actually me, your host, Mr. Chris Fisher, joined by your other host, our savvy man in Florida, the man with the plan. It is Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike. We has the power again. <laughs> yeah, we do. I just got it back about 20 minutes ago. There's a big storm. In fact, we may lose it again, really. The wind hasn't gone away. And I've only got UPSs and a few vital systems. So, <laughs> you know, I had this moment where I'm sitting there working and the power goes out. My speakers go out. My external monitors go out. But I'm on a laptop. So I'm like, I don't care. Whatever. I'm still working. And then it dawns on me in about 10 seconds after that that well, that doesn't mean I have networking. So I was basically out of work. <laughs> so I had to get on my phone and slack you and be like, I'm out of power. I might not be able to make it. <laughs> but you did make it, Chris. I couldn't miss this episode. Could not miss this I don't. Episode. I can't imagine why. Well, it's my last one, as you, as you well know, because, of course, uh, I've been voted off the show. I'm no longer allowed on the show anymore, so I have to go now. I apologize. Oh, so you've been you've been on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I was also voted off the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you and I just take. <laughs> we're just gonna sail into the West, you know. And you know what? Sometimes those things. It's just the time that thing. Those things happen. Um, no, we got so much feedback. We I didn't. Um, we didn't plan to talk about sleep. Honestly, it's just uh, you know it's the holidays, so we've been kind of uh, just uh, having fun and just catching up and chatting with each other and. And, you know, like pooping, sleeping something we all do. And, of course, I think everybody would admit it directly affects your work. Uh, and so we got on the topic of it. And, boy, if that didn't touch off a ton of yeah. feedback, a whole range of it. Really some really strong feedback on Twitter and an email and uh, some strong feedback like we were just uh, kind of indicating uh, on the Reddits, too. I, I thought, you know, maybe we just talk about it really quick. Just uh, It's not something we're going to run away with, but wow, I was really impressed by how it resonated with some and it upset others. So uh, thank you for putting up with it. We appreciate your time, and uh, that's why the good podcaster invented chapter markers. If you don't like that kind of stuff, we do have those chapter markers, specifically because we acknowledge that about these types of shows. When you have a show that's an hour long, there's going to be especially... Uh, more often than not, there's going to be weeks where it's not all of it resonates with everyone. Um, but we did get a whole bunch. We got a bunch of feedback also on TDD, which I think was excellent. So why don't we just get into it? And then we'll get into the hoopla of the week, which there is some fantastic homegrown hoopla. But first, you and I define fantastic differently. Well, we do. Yes, we do. Well, it's fantastic for me. It's horrendous and potentially uh, marriage re- ending for you. But uh, yes, it was great. (laughs) All right. Well, our first bit of email comes in uh, and I believe his name is Michael, uh, but different. Michael, he says, hi, Chris, the segment on uh, the year of structure and waking up early was the last thing I expected to hear on my first ever listen of Coda Radio. But goddamn, that struck a chord with me more than anything I've heard recently. 
I, I don't want to make this take any longer than it has to. It's one of my future goals. Uh, so I just wanted to say thanks. Uh, the talk was a bit of an inspiration. I needed to get my own shit back together. Respectfully, Michael. I love that. And I'm glad I'm glad that for some people it had that impact. That's that's awesome, Michael. And thank you for writing that in. And I, I you know, I, I, I think we touched on it last week. It's it has massive, massive ramifications. Um some of us destroy machinery and we haven't gotten proper sleep, but more on that later. Our next email comes in. <laughs> I think I've been listening since whenever Nadella was made Microsoft CEO. Uh, and I'm just kind of, I'm chuckling because I, I read that um, as Nutella the first time I did a read through on this. So I'm really glad it's Nadella because that makes a lot more sense. Uh, he says, I've been listening since whenever Nadella was Microsoft CEO became that. And this is the first time Quota Radio or a podcast at all has gotten me to react emotionally in a positive way. You're making me hate you in a way that only you can hate someone that speaks the truth when you know you're wrong. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Hearing structure is good, God forbid, uh, health, or the fact that you're confirming that to better oneself. That's a shit sandwich that one has to eat. Listening to the segment was revealing for me because you're putting into words something I've been thinking for a while. You made me realize just how much it's harming me not to have a framework to work with. Rules you understand are helpful. Uh, rules you understand are helpful. After all, who would have guessed? <laughs> yeah, I wish you the best this year uh, and the year of structure you're setting up. Uh, I'll be expecting further news on your success in new episodes. Well, all right. Well, that won't be today. No, no, not today. Not today. But yeah, I am looking forward to the year of structure. I think it's going to be really good for me. And I started to say this last episode, but didn't really say it very well. My lady's making a huge transition in her small business business that she runs. And He did. Yeah, you okay. did mention that. It's been really good for both of us because we're just kind of both in the same place. You know, if one if one of you is really up for all of a sudden having structure and doing routines and the other isn't, that can really lead to conflict, too. So I feel like the iron's hot. All right. Our next message comes in. It says, howdy. I'm a coder who's feeling increasingly out of touch with the software world. I develop mostly server-side software, middleware, in C, Perl, or even Bash. But I haven't done front-end work since HTML 4.1, and I never developed a mobile app in my life. You know, for... Uh, for a fun home project, I decided to try and reverse engineer my elliptical machine's proprietary Bluetooth interface. You know, rather than having to buy a subscription in the Android app, I figured, why not? The Bluetooth is a bit... Oh, man. Check one, two. Sorry about that guy. Oh, there it goes. We just lost a machine in the studio, but we're still going. We're still going. Uh, the Bluetooth bit is turning out to be the easy part. And now I'm looking to write an Android app and maybe an, I an iOS app for my wife's iPad. But my question is this, guys. Is there a framework or a paradigm for developing an app that can be compiled for both iOS and Android with minimal platform-specific code? I know C and Perl, and I'm proficient in Bash, Java, and Python. But I'm not necessarily opposed to learning a new language if necessary. However, I've done just enough .NET to never want to do that again. But what's what is more mainstream? What is a more mainstream way of doing this? Something like Cordova, perhaps? Is it reasonable to use a PWA to interface with the phone's Bluetooth stack? Bonus points too, if you can get me a solution that lets me write in C11. <laughs> okay, boy, different forms of this question have come into the show over the ages. Start in twenty yeah, nineteen out with a classic. With a classic. So my answer is going to be roughly the same because um, I just a couple months ago did this evaluation to do BLE, Bluetooth Low Energy, on a cross-platform mobile app. I would normally just say like Ionic, um, 
there is a Bluetooth module that you can add in. However, it is a little flaky on Android. So you're going to want to to think about that. And now I am thinking a couple months back, they may have patched it. You can check it out on GitHub. Hmm. Um, it's just the Ionic-BLE is the name of the plugin. So you want, see, so you don't want to do .NET, so you throw out Xamarin right off the bat. Yeah. I'm assuming you don't want to pay a licensing fee, so Qt is going to be right out the door. Because uh, for iOS, you have to have the, um, the license. Okay. I that's that's actually kind of tough because really those are kind of the big options, right? Like a React Native, um, Ionic, Xamarin, and then Qt if you're going more, you know, expensive. The, the, really, are, the however, iPad is the iPad's kind of the sticky wicket here. If he was just trying to do this on Android, this would be a little bit easier to pull off, right? It's trying to get it on the wife's oh. iPad too. Right. If it was just Android, I'd say just do native Kotlin. Mm-hmm. I think, right? Like that would be yeah. I would take a look at some of the, I mean, there are solutions out there. I don't know them super well. Like there's, um, uh, there's all, see, I would almost look at React Native, even though I'm not a huge fan, because y- your trick is going to be getting a Bluetooth plugin that works on both platforms and works well. Yes. Because, um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to quickly figure this out. Real-time Googling, uh, right? Real-time Googling, because I'm just checking the uh, <laughs> the BLE plugin for Ionic. All right, actually, it does look like it's been patched. So, yeah, like I said, my data was like two or three months old when I was about Yeah, and they also, I was, just doing, I was also doing a Google search here, and there's some nice uh, example code you could use, too, to kind of help get you started which might so be I'll nice. link that in the chat yep. and I'll, and I'll drop an I'll drop a link in the cool. show notes so we yeah can. so I would I would almost think about ionic then it's uh you're mostly going to be writing in typescript or javascript it's very you know it's angular esque i mean it's very much based on angular and you can not have to deal with .net so there you and which is really what's what's important. <laughs> um, You've got your priorities. I don't really know how to summarize the TDD feedback we got. Like we got everything from "Don't ever talk about this again" to "Hire me and come in and let me show you how to do this properly." Like yeah. people were the fired consultants up. Consultants were ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is, you know, I don't know how to take that exactly. I think it's. I mean, the people that were into it were passionate. Um, we got one listener who tweeted us who I don't think it's his day job, but he's just big into like DevOps processes and whatnot too, and was super enthusiastic about helping out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so the range again. Last episode, like we just were sitting there free flow and talking about stuff that was on our mind, and we got really polarized responses on all of it. Very polarized. I mean, my Twitter feed for about literally that evening and the next day was just either you're completely right, TDD's a waste of time, or listen, man. And I have to say, I'm kind of the listen man crew, I think, got me. Really? Yeah, someone, I think his name was Tim, if I recall, although it's a Twitter name, so who knows, uh, was kind of explained it to me in a different way. It's not about testing. It's about forcing yourself to architecture code in a certain way. That was, I was trying to say that in less elegant yeah. words. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. I completely agree. So forcing small functions, want, like basically all the things, like if somebody, when, when like particularly college kids email and like, how should I design this? Keep it dry, right? Keep it simple. Um, but it's basically the BDSM version of that. So get your ball gag and be happy. <laughs> Really? Okay. I, yeah, you know, though, this isn't really why Twitter was blowing up. 
No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. You do know what I'm talking about. Twelve. I, you know what? I miss the ads. Can I say that? Yeah, I know, like, right? <laughs> you could buy a little time, right? A little buffer. I ha- I was going to start doing like some housekeeping in the show because you and I, from time to time, just have things going on that we should mention, and uh, you know, maybe mention like we're so bad about. Uh, mentioning the Twitter handle for the show or yeah, the subreddit or the fact that there's other shows on this network and things like that. Like, we're horrible at that kind of stuff. We, 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 we do mention BSD now pretty frequently. <laughs> yeah, but that's just a curse at those guys, right? Yeah. Especially that Alan Jude. So, yeah, no, we um, go for it. it okay. Enjoy your victory, sir. Thank you. Thank you. If we had a year, if we had predictions on this show, like proper predictions, I would have made this prediction. And the prediction would have gone something like this. Oh, I will open up my Twitter and I will see 40 unread notifications uh, since the last hour I was on Twitter and think to myself, oh, my God, what have I done? What have I done to get 40 people yelling at me? And then I click the notification button and I quickly realize that it's no, it's not me that's done something. Once again, Michael Dominic has destroyed another laptop. Another machine is dead, and he has to buy another computer. <laughs> and Twitter, at this point, they think you got a problem. They can't. They just can't even believe it. Twelve minutes ago, this tweet thread is still live. Ryan Sipes still, tweets, yeah. "What happened? How is this possible? How can you afford this?" <laughs> so one, what happened? I can't. What happened? What happened? <laughs> Did, was it water? Was it was it a beer ski? It was water. This, the, I'm pleased to say that there was no alcohol involved in this. Hmm. Which I, I don't guess know if that's makes good. it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't <laughs> feel like it makes it worse. Yeah, it's just um, when you're sober, you do this. That's not necessarily good. So remember how I was all up with you on sleep? Yes. Right. Well, I of course decided not to listen to my own advice the following day. And was up working till about 3 a.m. with Vmodo wired headphones in, with a thick, thick, uh, let's say, very resilient cable, as far as headphone cables go. And I was working in my kitchen, which this is a common theme, with a nice tall Tervis tumbler, which is, uh, if you're not from Florida, they're like weird plastic glasses, of ice water on a MacBook Pro. Oh, no. My phone buzzed. It was behind me. Why it buzzed at 3 in the morning was nonsense, but I, you know, you, you get nervous at 3 in the morning, right? I turn to grab it. The cable catches the glass. And I would say maybe about half a liter of water pours directly into the MacBook Pro. The power, when you say the cord, you mean the power cord to like your phone? No, I mean the cord for my headphones. Oh, okay. So completely my fault. So it immediately turns itself off. Yeah, I, and you know, you can just tell when you're in trouble. Like I've I've done this enough times now you that I'm pretty <laughs> I'm pre- pretty well versed in the levels of damage here. So I put it on a towel. I open it up, put it upside down on a towel, and I let it go. And then, of course, I tweet that thing out the following morning. Oh, so you sat with it all night? I well, I just put it on a towel and I went to sleep. But I was I was cursing myself. So my wife gets up, comes downstairs, sees yet again a MacBook sitting on the counter upside down. Describe her look. What was the look on her face when she I was sees asleep. this? So oh, okay, because I mean I can imagine so she's I got putting to it all together. You haven't told her yet. She's seeing this thing on the counter, and she immediately knows. What's gone down? She knows immediately. She knows yeah. this scene. She knows. She, this is like, you know, 
we had a little intervention about trying to work all night. Needless to say, you can draw a direct correlation with about a 30% chance of me destroying a laptop between all-nighters now and uh, dead backs. Literally 30%. So that's pretty sobering, right? Because the amount of money you make with those extra hours is not very much compared to the cost of the laptop. So there's two things to know here. One, as soon as I can get a decent desktop, I'm getting a desktop. No more late nights. And uh, for right now, I'm stopgapping on a MacBook Air. This is, but this is one of those situations where I went to Apple and they're like, it's, it's just, it's dead. You can send it in, but it's one of those situations where it's just dead. <laughs> I mean, were you planning to buy another Mac? Yeah, you know. No. No. Ever, no. Huh. So now I'm kind of like, you know, I've, I've been working the last two days on a Mac Air, which is... At 2018 or older? 2018 which How's is the performance it's fine i mean it's slow ish but it's not you know it, it's serviceable for what i'm doing but i'm i just it's got to be desktops chris it's, it, it can't keep doing this like twitter had a lot of fun at my expense to be honest i'm like this is ridiculous it hurts this is like this is just bad this like i'm literally it hurts bad huh it hurts i mean bad. how's the wife not left you yet i mean she's, 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 i'm out of here i'm out of here i'm done well, she, uh, yeah, I mean, her thing is you should just work like regular hours, right? Solve your problem. One shot. It's tough though with water damage because you can't like, like, I don't know, it didn't turn on when they open it and there's like a lake inside. <laughs> like you can't even like try to hustle the Apple guy. No. Genius. No, you got to own it. You have to. You and you know, it. they got those little <laughs> stickers in there that turn colors when they get wet. Well, well, and the worst part is I call the business rep for my local Apple store and he says, don't tell me you did it again. <laughs> He's like, I'm done taking your money, man. He, no, you know what he said? He's like, just, just get a Mac mini. That's right. He's like, just keep it away from any beverages. Get a Mac mini, which actually isn't the worst advice. So yeah, this is all kidding aside. I think Chris, you win. I think this proves your point about well, let's, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think about uh, having systems in place, responsibility, right? All this kind of good stuff. Hmm. I see what mm. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, about having some structure. And, and that way you're not pulling these crazy late hours and getting yourself in a situation where you're exhausted and keep making expensive mistakes that end up just costing you more money if you have to keep replacing the hardware. That's rough. Yeah, and it, I, it's. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just need to make a. You know, they need to make a waterproof uh, line of MacBooks, and then you'd be okay. You know, what? I. I mean, I want to get off the hardware things. I know people hate it. I was thinking about though. Ninety nine percent of the time, or, or maybe ninety, unless I'm traveling to see a customer, I am in my home office at a desk mm-hmm. looking at this LG five K monitor. Right. Right. Or I'm at another desk with the uh, with the Galago. And I really feel like with tools like SSH and TeamViewer, yeah, you really can't. You can just get a cheap machine that is near disposable and then remote in. I'm kind of getting there because if these laptops are going to have such a ridiculous uh, mic destroys them rate, I'm strongly considering either Thaliawing it up, but as a problem as I can't do iOS dev on it, or just at some point getting the Mac Mini because I really don't need a GPU and. Uh, you know, that's it. 
Hmm. Something I think you're considering. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me going today. <sighs> we're not going to talk about our software setups, right? I mean, we're not going to do that because people hate that. They don't like that. People hate that. Yeah. They hate that. But I have to tell you what. What at what point? At what point do you stop thinking about your tools? Like at what? Never? Maybe? Is it never? Is it just we? Do we just say never? Is it just this is part of this job? When you are doing, I think it's never because things change. <laughs> I hate that answer. I'll tell you what. I've had a good nine months. I've had a really good nine months. I'm a. I. I regardless of whatever happens, I've had a good nine months, and it was a good run. And for nine months, I had a special, special gift that was given to me. And that was the gift of reliability. I was able to walk into my studio, sit down and do my shows. I could open up my applications and everything worked. That gift has been taken from me and it's been murdered now. And now, now I have all, I'm having across the board, technical issues, software issues, hardware issues. I made it nine months. I made it nine months. I made a good solid nine months and now i am pulling my hair out and the storms haven't helped the power outages haven't helped yeah but i whew, i i can tell I, I i'm feeling like i'm feeling like i'm fighting the urge to just explode about this issue uh the more i fight it the more i'm sick and tired of it because it feels like i am refighting the same battles over and over again and that i'm not making progress like i'm not moving forward because i'm still fighting these battles and um yeah yeah i don't know i just it really is i know i i can tell you you don't you're not you know you're not feeling good about this one this one really sucks for you no I feel it like sucks yeah because it's kind of like you know i do have all this ios work i need to get done you know i yeah it, it, it just, it's just a stupid problem to have kind of like pulse audio <laughs> Really? You're trying to trigger me, aren't you? You're trying to get me to get you're trying to get me to talk myself into a circle where I get the whole audience mad at me again. Two day, two episodes in a row. I see what you're doing here. Well, they're definitely gonna be mad at me, so <laughs> Yeah. Um Yeah. I think I think with the the thing that I the thing that I've been pushing up against, and I think the thing that you're pushing up against is you have these ideas of these things you want to accomplish and and there's a various range of things that prevent it from happening. But when it's your own software, or your own tools that are preventing it, it's very frustrating. Um, so what Mike's referring to, just so we're not dancing around it, is um, before the show started, we had a power outage here uh, in the Pacific Northwest, the area with lost power for about 45 minutes. So the UPSs we did have died and um, everything was off. Wes was in the middle of doing a recording for TechSnap, and we lost that, which ironically is the second recording <laughs> that we've lost due to another power outage. We've been having a lot of storms in the Pacific Northwest, a lot of, a lot of storms. And um, when I turned everything back on, everything was broken. The systems weren't, the systems weren't talking. The audio wasn't working. Everything was broken. And it took me about 25 minutes to get everything working. 25 minutes when, I mean, it's just been doing this a really long time. So if it takes me 25 minutes to get everything working, it's pretty significantly broken. And there is a part of me that I don't have the best control over, that I wish I had more self-control over me, that would say, that I wish I could govern it a little better and say, calm down, it's going to be all right. 
But there is a part of me that says, I don't care what the cost is, replace every machine in this room in two weeks. And I don't want to see this happen again. I'm really done with it. I'm just so done with it. Just like you're probably done with toasting machines. Like I, I'm, I am really ready to take whatever dramatic action that is to make sure that I don't have to deal with the problems I'm dealing with. And I have, you know, I know I have my own special, I have my own special issues, but, uh, if I, if I don't solve this in the next couple of months, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to lose my mind. I am so sick and tired of dealing with this issue. I'm so sick and tired of talking about the software and hardware issues. I'm so sick and tired of having to fix these problems. I had a good nine months. I had a really good nine months. Had a, had a really good nine months. But uh, I know the feeling. Yeah. I am, no. I am legitimately beginning to question so many things that like I've based this whole studio around, like the the use of Linux to begin with, like maybe Pulse Audio is just not reliable enough. Maybe I just can't rely on it. And I'm, and it's because of, you know, issues that I'm running into that are, I, I think, not really solvable for me. I'm being penalized for standardizing on the same hardware um, and, and the same audio interface because apparently Pulse Audio goes by the name of a device, not by its unique identifier. So if you have multiple audio interfaces connected to a computer that are all the same name, because in a production environment, you tend to standardize on hardware. It just starts randomly flipping through them at different and starts setting things as in and outs, and it just can't keep track of it. It doesn't know what device is what, and it's affecting multiple machines. So, anyway, that is extremely strange. It's very frustrating, and I know it. It uh, I know it doesn't really matter to anybody else. I know it's just my problem, but I got to tell you, I've gotten to a point where when I'm dealing with this kind of stuff. I just turn into like a, a big baby. Like I just, I'm, I'm super bummed. I get, I lose energy. I lose momentum in, in my day. Um, I like, I physically become tired. Like I'm like exhausted. I'm like, oh, I'm really tired. Like it drains me from all of my energy and my will to sort of fight for the day. And I'm done. Yesterday we were just doing a marathon recording session. We recorded five separate like interviews and shows and stuff that we're just trying to bank for while I'm traveling. And same thing started happening. We were we started at nine a.m. We started recording, and at one thirty we took a twenty minute break, and we came back at one fifty, and all of the audio interface stuff had screwed up in that twenty minutes on on two different machines, and we spent forty minutes into the into the start of the next show while people are hanging around the live stream, getting it all settled and getting it all working again, and I was exhausted after. I was just so, and even though I I fixed that stuff a million times. I've been I've been fighting those battles for years now. Like it's it's not like it's an insurmountable task for me. It's not like it's an unknown field that I'm entering into that I have to solve a problem I don't know how to solve. It's the opposite of that. It's like I've solved this problem so many times and the fact that I'm still attempting to solve it years into it has is is causing like this this emotional drain on me that makes me sort of suck at my job. Like it's affecting the way I produce these shows right now like i'm sitting here bitching about it instead of doing a better show like I, it it's ruined my day and i have to fix it and i don't know how to fix it and I, I and i'm starting to think it's not fixable with linux and i'm starting to feel like i'm in this impossible situation where i do shows about linux but to actually make the shows i can't use the operating system i'm talking about and there will be a million and two people on the internet that will tell you you can do it all under linux and i I used I was one of them. I had a good nine months. I had a good nine months. That's frustrating. Mm-hmm. 
I can't believe it's 2019 and I'm dealing with this. What? What? Digital Ocean. Oh, no. <laughs> That'd have been a great ad. No, Digital Ocean's not from. No, I know, that, I know. That, it's just that. <laughs> we've had some questionable ad reads before, I think. Uh, you know, you know what's not frustrating? Swift. What? I'm sorry. What? You Swift bastard. Is... What? I'm sorry. Where'd hey, I you didn't see that coming. You didn't Where's even. Mike? <laughs> we have him in the basement. If you want to see him, tell me the difference between struct and class and Swift. So I have been reading everything I can get my hands on about Swift and and uh, basically how to do Swift correctly, right? I think the current version is Swift 4. And I have been playing in the playground. Uh, I realize how that sounds. I have been Xcoding it up quite a lot. Do you know what I realized? Take a guess, Chris. Um... The internet always thinks they know best. No, sorry, I'm just dealing with the chat room right now. Uh, I would... Oh, I said the chat room clip. <laughs> good, good, because the chat room tells me my problem is I just didn't back up my config and restore it. That kind of stuff drives me crazy. I mean, why isn't your bashar seeing a GitHub? Right, uh, right, right. Yeah. That would solve all your problems. No, I don't know what what. So I have learned what I think are three fundamental things about Swift. One, Apple lied when they said it would be an easy transition from Objective C. <laughs> I mean, and two, protocol-oriented programming, as opposed to, let's say, object-oriented programming, is very interesting. I haven't decided if I think it's good yet, but it's certainly it's certainly a different way to think about your 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 architecture. And particularly, I find myself writing my Swift in a very kind of functional way, which I like. My Objective C was all super you know, objecty, you know, factory factories kind of stuff. I think I might like it. What about it? I mean, I, to me, I, I think if I recall your original criticisms, it was like a baby programming language designed for beginners, for newbies that wouldn't, uh, that didn't need so to know how it, to program. It's almost the exact opposite, actually. It's okay. So let's do a compliment sandwich here. It is, on a shallow level, simple enough that you can write Swift as though we're Java or Objective-C and more or less get away with it, right? But that's going to be some pretty bad Swift. The negative thing I would say is it has so many features from so many different types of programming languages that you can make Swift be basically what you want it to be. In a lot of ways, I think it's one of the... I can't, how can I put this? So like Ruby, right? You can write Ruby, or like a Rails application, the Rails way, or you could write it very, you know, Java-esque procedurally. But on the language level, Ruby is what Ruby is. Ruby is a religiously OO language. Swift is like, yeah, I'm kind of OO. I'm kind of functional. I've got this whole protocol-oriented programming thing going on. And I... See, I, I'm, have, I'm struggling with Apple says it's a system level and an application level language, right? Okay. Those are two very different things. Um, not that there aren't languages who cross that divide. Uh, I'll let you know. C++. But Swift, I almost feel like I almost feel like that's an unfair comparison. It's more it is more a application 
uh, application-level programming language with a bunch of system features hmm. for safety and for basically avoiding runtime exceptions or runtime uh, uh, faults right. built into it. Right. And I think it's going to be good. Now, I, I worry about things like, you know, uh, Swift, for instance, I accidentally picked up a book on Swift 2, and now we're at Swift 4, <laughs> and just the obnoxious level of changes, right? And I get that's two years old, but as far as language design goes, that, that seems pretty pretty unstable to me. Um, it's, well, I, I mean, right, that's the, that is the penalty you take for such an early language. Well, that, then now they claim that it's going to be stable now. Well, it that would make added. sense. That would happen over time. Right. I think that's part of nature, right? See, this is the problem. Swift has some very strong opinions that are super weakly held. Um, for instance, all the safety stuff with optionals and that like you have to unwrap objects and you're really not supposed to have nil running around. But you can just override all that crap mm. if you want to. Mm. Mm. Which I've been kind of like looking around and asking other people about how they write Swift. And there is definitely a, well, I need to get something done and I'm not going to have a pyramid yeah. of doom for type. You know, Isn't it for, interesting? Uh, that feels very Apple to me. You know, like do it. You, you need to do it this way. You have to do it this way. You must always find the design. You must always follow the design guideline, unless you need to use that private API you figured out to do that thing, and you want to stand out on the platform. So you want to design your own thing. Then that's all. Those things are fine, until they're not fine. That sounds very Apple to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's less of a private API situation and more of a. Oh, no, I'm just making an analogy. Yeah, right. Like like the the. So, like, optionals, right? All the unwrapping values stuff mm -hmm. adds a layer of, I would almost call it indirection, right? Because, you know, var tessa colon dog, right? So, I have a variable of the type dog called tessa. If I put an exclamation point at the end of dog, that becomes, just the way I treat that variable becomes very different. Now, it it is absolutely the if you if your objective is that runtime crashes are you know terrible and thou shalt not runtime crash which i could tell you there's lots of scenarios where that is the case then i think it's great but some of the patterns are a little and you have to check and you have to unwrap and you have to check and you have to unwrap and you have to check it gets a little is this not the equivalent of an objective c just having if you know not nil i see what you're saying right yeah. but but you you can see where they're coming from Right, like you, you. It's hard for me. I'm not. I'm not even sure that I disagree with them, Chris. Because you know, it's avoiding the, and that's just one safety feature. I'm picking on it because uh, other language, like C sharp, I uh, C sharp eight is adding a similar feature called nullables, hmm. and it works very similar to how Swift's uh, optionals do. Uh, keep in mind, optionals in C Sharp are something different. So this, there's a little bit of language abuse between these uh, languages <laughs> and that sentence. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm almost, I'm almost getting to the point of saying it is not correct. Um, let me, let me, let me backtrack. The extra time and architecture investment in following these new, quote unquote, patterns. Um, to, I'm going to say guarantee, but not, I know someone's going to write it. It's not really a guarantee. There are lots <laughs> of cases. Guarantee, right? Runtime safety. 
even if it's slightly more obnoxious when you when you're writing the code initially right because i have personally had the experience of maintaining code from like five years ago i think it's worth it especially if you're writing things that are like mission critical right if it's like yet another you know uber clone well that should just crash all day (laughs) um yeah, like it, it's blowing my mind a little bit because some of my like, like, for instance, I used to love a pattern and I still do in a lot of languages where it's like session, current session, like a, a singleton pattern, right? A, sim- a simple singleton. I use it in C Sharp all the time. With Swift, if you're doing it the way that's quote unquote correct, you're really not going to want to do that. I mean, obviously you're going to store state. You know, some, your auth token needs to go somewhere, but you're going to be much more, you know, functions are inputs in, input out. And now that it's one thing I will give Swift that Objective-C kind of could do, like you could do like array returns to kind of fake tuples. It has tuples, so you can do multi-value returns. That makes my life so much less of a pain in the ass. You can also abuse it and make it very confusing. Um, am I sounding sane? I realize I'm. Yeah. Chris says no. No, no. I'm just thinking. I was just thinking. I was giving. It, I was giving some thought. Yes, I. I think this is a fair assessment, and I think the way you're explaining it makes sense. Um, I'm. I kind of would like to dig down to what caused all of this. I'm trying to figure out, and I'm wondering if I'm, I I could guess, but I'm trying to figure out what sort of brought all this on. And I'd be willing to bet it was project-based because just recently I've been thinking about trying to transition to a different tool, Um, but it hasn't stuck. It It hasn't stuck because I haven't had a job I've had to do yet. So I'm kind of curious what brought this on to lead to these sort of not necessarily revelations, but I may be a, a change in viewpoint. Well, I mean, a few things. One, Swift is very different from the day it launched. In a lot of ways, it's been cleaned up. It's got basically all the features you would have wanted. I am by no means a Swift evangelist. I just want to kind of preface this, right? Like, I still think there's weird design decisions in the language. But... The, the answer is actually pretty simple, and I think you alluded to it. It's There's a device that can do something I've wanted to do for years. So, yay. Right? Like, it's this is the tool you need to use for this job. So, is that a and yes, then? You got garbled on the original question. Oh, okay, okay. So, it is a yes. It is project-based. It's work-based. That sort of It's work-based, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of forced it. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that always really the one that really makes it stick to make something that you're not super comfortable with stick? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, that's exactly what it is. It's project based. So now what? So where do you go from here? Do you keep working with it? Do you try to take on more swift work? Is it something uh, well, I mean, that's going to a focus for you or is, is this a one-off? I think I'm going to be doing swift for, for a while. I mean, current project's going to last months. So, you know, I have a few things I think I'll be shipping in Swift. Yeah, I think this could be a thing. Hmm. 
Well, then maybe that MacBook Air wasn't such a bad purchase, you know? Uh, yeah, your Swift runs on Linux, too. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Uh, it sure does, doesn't it? In fact, I, uh, what was that? What, 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 vapor? vapor? What was, what, what, yeah, Vapor. Oh, yeah, I got it. Vapor. That's yep. pretty good. Well, Mr. Dominic, I'm, I don't know. I would say I'm impressed, but uh, uh, impressed, bewildered might be, bewildered, bewildered and impressed, I think is, is what it is. I'm a little well, bit I also want to be able to dev for your HomePods if there's ever an SDK. <laughs> oh, you bastard. You had to, didn't you? Didn't had you hear, to. didn't you hear Apple's going out of business? So you know, I, I don't think you have to. Oh yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Apple's going out of business. Netflix has taken over the internet and Microsoft does all the innovation now. That's, uh, that's what the internet told me today. Well, hell of a start. So you're you're uh, you're switching to Swift. I'm having a hell of a time with Linux. I'm not really saying I'm going to switch away from Linux though, but I am BSD, going to uh, do it. Just go one nine months on BSD. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I did have a good nine months. I did, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to be driving from Washington to Texas, um, starting this weekend and over next week, getting married along the way. And I do plan to use that time. Tough. Thank you. I plan to use that time to kind of reflect on some of these things and really just decide, you know, what things am I done wasting my time on? And it doesn't mean it's a final commitment. It doesn't mean it's a forever commitment. It means this is a year of structure. And if there's certain things that I have to change and fix, so that way for one damn year, things are reliable and and. and structured in in the areas in which I have leverage, then maybe I'd make those changes. And um, that's what, you know, that's what I do when I go on these long road trips is uh, I use a lot of that time to think. I put on a pair of headphones and I drive. And sometimes I don't even, I don't even play any music or any podcasts in the headphones. I just have it off. It's usually what the, the first couple of days that I'm driving, I'll drive for eight, nine hours a day, nonstop, you know, with um, half hour here or there, every couple of hours, I suppose, so not quite nonstop, um, but without music or without podcasts, just thinking about stuff. And I find it to be a great opportunity because the driving gives my hands and like my lower lizard brain something to do that satisfies the ADD monster that lives inside me. But I can't go anywhere and I can't do anything higher level like communicate with another human being like on the internet or plan a show so that spare cpu just sits there thinking about things and putting things together and spending time reflecting on stuff that i don't have time to reflect on when i'm going a million miles per hour in my day-to-day -day life and i i don't know i just if anybody else has an opportunity to get their version of that at the beginning of the year I'm like Maybe go for a long drive or a long train ride or go for a walk or lock yourself in the shitter for a couple of hours. But just take some time and think about those kinds of things that you don't normally give yourself the space to think about it. Because uh, it's the beginning of the year now, and if you were going to take any bit of structure advice from me, from the, all the stuff that I'm trying, that might be one of it, because it probably would be very beneficial. Uh, and, you know, where Mike's at right now, to me, it feels like a perfect opportunity for you. It's it's very reflective. It's very contemplative. If, you know, you've just gone through this destroying yet of another machine. You've had the come to Jesus conversation with the wife over the cost of this and how it's eating any profits that you're getting by working late. And you're left with health that's struggling and, and uh, sleep that's inadequate. And it's a good opportunity to, while you're feeling this way 
to go, and not in a negative way, but to go, all right, let's take some time to think about the stuff that I don't normally spend time with. And not in a beat, beat up on yourself way, but in a way of what are areas I can address and provide a little structure around to make sure that these things are better. They don't happen quite as much. And like with Mike, he was talking like, maybe I'm going to try to get my work track. I'm going to try to get my work schedules back on track, try to get things back to a normal set of hours. I don't know how the hell you're going to pull that off today. I already did it. You did? I was asleep at nine and up at five. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it really is. It sounds really corny to say it like this, but it really is a one day at a time thing. Yeah, no, it really is. It's so dumb, it's, but uh, it is. We, we should be in Insomniacs Anonymous. <laughs> One day at a time, going to bed at a regular time and waking but up at a regular if time. If I can just jump in real quick. for So this is a pattern that's happened before. And I would just point out that before you keyboard warriors tell us it's not about dev, remove destroying laptops and replace it with shipping crashers or shipping serious bugs into production. And it's the exact same thing. I have my Achilles heel happens to be I spill water into laptops <laughs> or in one case gin. But I, you know what? When I was a young whippersnapper making the world a terrible place by writing Java applets, this is another lecture I had to get of it doesn't matter that you finish the tickets quickly because the features either not complete or not done right. So seriously, like if, if you're, if you're, you know, cause I, I feel it, Chris, that some of them are sitting there like, oh, these old guys again, they, okay, hey, you're just old, dude. That's why you want to sleep. <laughs> it's actually about optimizing performance. So yes. if you only work an eight to 10 hour day instead of 14, which is what I was doing, you will get more done and be able to like ship things better. Damn right. Damn right. That is what it's about. Mr. Dominic, I love it. Anywhere you want to send people this week, anywhere you want them uh, to go. Go to themadbotter.com. We have a new post up today about some uh, trends we see for the new year. And follow at Dumanuku on Twitter. Very good, sir. Very, very good. Thank you very much for uh, joining us, everybody. We have um, a bit of a, a bit of an odd schedule since I'm traveling next week. But keep an eye out over at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. We'll try to keep that up to date when we are going to be live. We'd love to have you join us. Hang out in the uh, chat room. And you can give us your feedback in real time. But if you're just listening, like 90 90- nine percent of everyone else and want to give us your feedback post fact go to coder.show slash contact also everything that we have links for today which isn't a ton but everything we do have links coder.show slash three three nine nice and simple i'm at chris les the network's at jupiter signal and the show's at coder radio show i i think like i said horrible at the self-promotion and we got the subreddit coderadio.reddit.com where you can organize the revolt to get me off the show Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you right back here next week.